and God wants to heal you. So I'm just going to pray for you. I just really uh, led to pray and speak healing power yeah. over you right now uh, in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you that we can come together today as a family. And I thank you that you care for us, that you have everything that we need, everything to uh, walk with you, and it all comes from you. So Holy Spirit, right now, I ask that you will fill everybody's home with your presence. And we open our arms and our hearts up to you. And I ask, Father, that you will um, pour in your Holy Spirit, your power into every person this morning. And that if there is healing that is need needed, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, Holy Spirit, I ask that you will um, flood your power into every person this morning. And I speak in the name of Jesus healing power to flood you, to saturate you, and to enter every area of your body right now. So we open our arms up to receive you, to receive your healing power and everything we need right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We've done that bit. We've done that bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need a few more people with us. We're just talking to ourselves. Yeah, we're talking about it. I know. We're working on that, though, as you know. So yeah. so we, we go, we, we'll do the usual. We'll send you out all the notices on Tuesday morning with all the links for everything uh, so you can connect to, at yeah. lots of different points. Remember those three things. Stay connected. Grow strong. Be strong in faith. Yeah. Help others. Yeah. And then you save lives. So, Father, I just thank yeah. you for that. I thank you that we have a body who is connected, yeah. a body who is not not just engaged as a church family, but is engaged with your heart and your love. And, and Father, we just thank you yeah. in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, we have, uh, it's a good day today. Children out there, you know what day it is today, don't you? Yay! Yay! So, today... It's, it's me day. It's you day. <laughs> Daddy's Day, Father's Day, and um, we can't be physically with you today, Dad, but we love you, we see how you are bringing your kids up, and uh, we are with you and we are for you, and I just want to pray for you now, uh, as you gather together, and um, I just want the, the Holy Spirit to come and to give you, Dad, everything that you need to be uh, a dad in him, and wherever there's a gap, he will fill it because he is with you. So uh, on this Father's Day, Father, who, who is the perfect Father, I come before you now and I ask you that you will help all the dads out there that need um, everything from you to be able to do this amazing job that they do to train up their children in the way that they should go so that they won't depart from it. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fill our dads with your wisdom, your love, your power, um, that you will surround them all at this time, that you will encourage them, that you will speak to them, and that you will give 
then your uh, never-ending love, pour your love into them, that that love can pour out and surround all of their children today and as they go on forward into the next year and the next year and the next year. We thank you for them. We ask for your blessing on them right now. And for um, our own dads, whether they're present or, or not present or whether they've gone to be with the Lord, uh, we thank you that we thank you for them. We ask for a blessing on our dads that are still with us and we thank you for those dads that are with you. And for those dads that don't know you, um, Father, use us. Use us as a body to reach out because all fathers need you. No father. It's hard to be a father and we need you to help us, Father. So, um, yeah, use us to preach the gospel, to reach more people so that they can come to know you too. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So dads out there, have a great day today with your kids. And um, uh, we've got some things planned for you, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So one of the things that, that God's really been stirring in my heart the last, I guess about the last two weeks, is he's been, and I think he's particularly pointing on, on, on Father's Day, because I've Following on from that stuff that I preached about burn, about uh, how to reignite, rekindle that fire, God's been stirring in my heart a desire to, to see God move in our land, to see revival come to the church, and starting with us, starting with us as individuals. So I've been uh, praying to, to God, and you know the reason I say it's particularly apt on Father's Day is kind of one of the last uh, big revivals we, we, we've seen in the West started on Father's Day in Brownsville. And, it, and it's a long time ago now. And so I'm just started, I'm just digging into God, pressing into God in prayer, in that private place, in that secret place, that we're going to see a move of God. Now, the difficulty for me is I'm going like, given the circumstances, given we can't meet, even meet together, what would that look like? And, and I keep getting this, this, this repeat answer to that. Don't bother what it will look like. You just keep praying and I can, I, I'll know what it looks like. But I'm asking you and I'm asking the guys in Faith Life and everybody else that you communicate to, to start praying that I am going to move in this church with these people in this land. Yeah. And so that's what I've been praying. And, and it's kind of been, I, I guess it's just come, come on me. It's just something God's been saying the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, earlier in the week, on uh, the Faith Life Family WhatsApp group, uh, Anine sent a, a prophecy that, that she'd uh, been sent uh, from a church, a lady in South Africa. And, uh, and I read this prophecy and something just resonated with me. It, it set off a spark in me. And, and I showed it to Cheryl and it, and it, it did the same with Cheryl. Yeah. So we're just going to have a look at that prophecy now, and Cheryl's just going to yeah. take you through it, say a few words. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll leave you yeah. to it. Um, so uh, it's, it is quite long, uh, and there is a lot in here. Uh, so just get ready to listen. Um, just quieten everything down. I, I, I'm not going to read it fast so that you can just hear everything. 
it really resonated with both of us. You know, we've been talking a lot over uh, the last weeks about uh, the fear of the Lord, but that right fear of the Lord, that reverence, um, putting him first in all that we do. Returning back to our first love, letting him fill us with his amazing love, to do everything out of love. I've been bringing things that I felt the Holy Spirit has been showing me. Uh, when I asked him, Holy Spirit, what do you want for us at this time and beyond? And key things that he's been showing me that I've brought about being in his presence, taking time with him, uh, being face to face with him, tuning our ears so that we can hear him and learn to hear that whisper of his voice, putting our lives into his hand, knowing that he's got big arms, big hands to carry us, not being sure of what's ahead of us and not seeing how what's going to happen, going moving on, but being sure that he is with us right now for this moment. Those everlasting arms that surround us, that place of his refuge that we can go into, that he will hide us in that secret place, that he will go before us and behind us and be beside us. And whatever we do to keep our eyes on him, because he sees things higher than us. He's got big eyes. If you remember that, eagle eye let's let's go up and see things through his eyes but let it be his eyes not ours so having brought all of that and as somebody a while ago said what do you think is the prophetic voice to us at this time and in my prayer these are the things that have come out of that and mark as he's been bringing things that he felt the holy spirit was giving him even during the week our bible uh, study. We've been looking at end times too, because again, we never know when the end times are coming, but we do know that we need to be strong because they could start today. And whether they start or not, no matter where we're going or what is going on around us, that strength that we re receive from him as we spend time with him and time in his word, uh, that's where God wants us to be grounded in anyway. Uh, we've been looking at the end times, we're looking at the church of Laodicea at the moment, and all the things that we're doing, I think what God has put on our heart, but it's always been on our heart, is for us to be strong, and for us to help you be strong at these times. So when I read this, it, it, I was so excited, because it sort of put all of that in a prophetic word, and so I'm going to read it now to you. And I just want you to listen because I believe that this is what God is saying to us at this time. It gives us hope. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good word. Um, and anyway, I'll read it to you and uh, let it speak over you. Okay. So it's by um, a lady called Kathleen, Kathleen Delahunt. And... Uh, did we say that she's in a church? That Yeah, she is in a church and we know uh, well her pastor. Um, and uh, she, she's not in this country, she's actually in South Africa. Um, okay, so she was praying uh, about the time after lockdown. As I was praying about the time after lockdown, I felt God say, and this is to us, I have 
not reveal tomorrow to you. Live today well and tomorrow will look after itself. Just look into my face and I will lead you with my eye into that which I have prepared for you. I am doing a new thing. I am leading you in a new way. For you have not gone this way before, but I have gone before you. In the season ahead, you will need to hold my hand and walk one step at a time, one day at a time. You cannot run ahead of me or linger behind, for you will need to be in step with me. I have not shown you my plans for you and I have not given you the grace you need for tomorrow, as I will only give you that grace as you need it. Do not waste time trying to plan, work out or reason what tomorrow looks like as I have not given it to you yet. For I am looking for a people that will trust me, who will trust me and know that I am faithful. I will not leave you or forsake you as I lead you into this new season that is unknown to you, but is clearly known to me. I am looking for a people of obedience, not sacrifice. Relationship, not religion. Intimacy, not institutionalism. Simplicity, not extravagance. Worship, not entertainment. I am looking for a people who will walk with me, hear my whisper, follow my leading, and will be available to do whatever it is I ask of them to do. Who will be present, have time, and know how to just rest in me. I am looking for a people who will show my love to those who have never known my love. Know that the time ahead will have many difficult obstacles to overcome, but I have already overcome them. Just trust in me and not in yourself, in the world, nor in the predictions of this world. For those who walk with me and trust me, you will see my glory released through them and around them as never seen before. This is the time of my glory. This is the final hour of my mercy being shown to the world. This is the time of my love 
which covers a multitude of sin, being poured out over the nations. This is the season of the world being in awe at my power that will be released in the most unexpected situations through the most unsuspecting people in the most unusual circumstances who just choose to be obedient to my leading in their daily walk. Please know I have not shown you tomorrow as you do not have the grace to live in it yet. There will be many difficult obstacles and there will be many situations that seem impossible. Fear will continue to, to try and grip hearts and stress will try and overwhelm the people for the shaking times are not yet over. I am shaking and I am revealing and I am exposing. But for those who fear my name, who hold my hand and who look into my face, they will not be shaken. They will know no fear as they will experience my closeness as I hide them in the cleft of my rock, in the palm of my hand. For I will lead them through and carry them over every situation that seems too difficult for them to walk on their own. This is the new day that is preparing the way for my soon return. Just as the disciples could not see what life beyond my crucifixion would be like, you cannot see what life in this new era will be like. But I have called you for a time such, and I have given you my spirit, and I am preparing you to walk into all that lies ahead. Things will not be as they were, the familiar is gone, that which was safe can no longer be a resting place, for I am your resting place. You will hear of the terrors, you will see the shakings, for there is more to come. But you will not be shaken if you hold my hand and look into my face. This is a time of surrender, obedience, intimacy, as you get to know me as never before. This is the year of eyes being opened and people seeing as never before and the great anointing to speak with greater authority being released on my sons and my daughters who unshakably know who they are and who I am in them. It is the season of rising up in authority, yet being as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. 
This is the season of drawing close to each other, for you will need each other in the time ahead. Do not fear what tomorrow will bring, just trust me, for I have told you ahead of time and I am with you. Amen. Amen. And as I read that, I just felt his voice just flood through me. It brought together everything that I had been feeling. And so I really believe that this is a word for us at this time. That when we understand his love, when we look at him face to face, when we put ourselves into his hands, when we say, I will walk with you, I will listen and hear the whisper of your voice, I am available to do all that you want me to do. I don't have to fear because I know how to trust you. I know what your word has spoken over me. I want to love and I want to grow and be more like you so that I can share all that you are to those around me. And I'm thankful that God's power is with us. His presence is with us. His anointing is with us. And he will get the glory. We will show the word, world him and he will get the glory. He's coming soon. There is a shaking, but we don't have to be shaken. There is fear out there, but we don't have to be in fear because we have a big God, a faithful God, a God who is Father, but a God who is King with love, but also might. And he will put us in that cleft of a rock that we don't have to be afraid. So we just have to say, Father, I am yours. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Be with me as we go into the next day. Thank you, Father, that I have grace for today. And thank you, Father, that you have gone before me, prepared a way, and I will keep in step, not in front, not behind, but absolutely in step with you. So um, Faith Life and anybody else that's watching this, I really believe that that is encouraging. It gives us hope. It's a word from the Father. We are doing our best to hear, to bring what the Father is showing us, uh, to help us stay strong in that, to help you be strong in that for these uh, days ahead and that we can truly trust our Father who loves us, who is there for us and is walking with us at this time. Amen. Amen. So be encouraged. Um, Mark's going to send that out. It was really long. And if you're thinking, oh my goodness, what did she say? I can't write quick enough. Uh, it's coming out to you. And, um, and then it will all be there for you to read, meditate on, take to the Father. Father, I want to be this person. I want to walk with you. I want to be strong in you. And Father, I'm trusting you to give me all that I need for today and for the rest of my life. Amen. 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 Yeah, so I'm going to be sending that prophecy out uh, in written form. It'll come out on email uh, pretty soon after this meeting, like within minutes. So, uh, you know, if you're scrabbling, writing things down or whatever, don't worry about it. I'm going to send out the full prophecy for you. 
The reason we're doing that isn't just so you can have it. The reason we're doing it is so you can pray over it and we can test this word. That's the right thing to do. The proper thing to do with prophecy is that you should test it. And so that the part of sending it out is so we can test it, so we can pray over it and, and we can seek God. Uh, because what the, the more certain we become on words and things, the more faith we can invest in it. Yeah. I just uh, realised, I may have already said this, but just in case I haven't, uh, as I was going through the prophecy, I wrote six, seven, seven points down. And I just want to speak these um, over us now. Uh, so the first one, look to me and I will lead you. Walk one step at a time. Do not run ahead or linger. Do not waste time trying to plan or reason what tomorrow looks like. Trust him and know he is faithful. Be available to do what he asks. Show his love. Fear God in that right way that Mark's taught you. Not fear what is happening. Amen. 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 So we're going to share communion now. So if you've got your uh, bread or wafers or whatever you do in your house ready, and you've got your wine or whatever else you do in your house ready. Um, but just before we do this, I, I want you to... Uh, just share a few things that I, I sense from God. I was praying before this meeting and, and, and I just felt he wanted to release some specific healings. Uh, so I asked him what, what they were and uh, so I'm just going to describe to you what I felt. When, when I kind of seek God for words of knowledge, I usually feel it in, in, my, in my body. That's kind of how it works for me. So I, I'm putting my faith behind these and I'm believing that as God speaks these, we, you... They're going to impact people who are watching this either right now or later, and you're going to be healed. Yeah. Now, the first one, um, it's kind of a, a strange one. I just want to describe it. I'll point to the place. But you've got a problem, and it's kind of in your nose, but it also goes around here underneath your cheek. And, it, and it's not clearing up. It's painful. It feels quite deep. And... Uh, I don't think it affects your eye. I wasn't quite sure about that, but it, it may just uh, 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 be affecting your eye as well. But it's kind of your nose and in your cheek and under your eye. So I'm just believing God's going to heal heal that. And the, and the second thing that, that he showed me was somebody who has a... You've developed a stomach problem, intestine, down here. And it's kind of... You, you, you felt bloated... But now your stomach feels hard and, and, you, and you, you're concerned about it. And, it, and it's been bothering you, you're kind of wondering what's happening. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that. I tell you to go stomach, return to normal in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And the third one he showed, showed me is, um, it's kind of, I'm not quite sure what's going on, but it's, it, I'll, I'll do my balancing act. It's down here at the bottom left-hand side of your shin. And uh, I don't think it goes any further, but you've either injured it or you've got a, a pain there, maybe a trap nerve, maybe uh, some sort of... Uh, what's it, what, what do they call it? Phlebitis. Phlebitis, that's it, yeah. Just, the, just down the here, legs. you've got a pain, and it's kind of going down a little bit into your ankle, to the yeah. top of your foot. And right now, Jesus, yeah. in the name of Jesus, pain go in Jesus' name. 
swelling go, every bit of nerve damage, every infection, you go in Jesus' Thank name. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So as we uh, share communion, yeah. we're going to invest our faith that God is healing people yeah. right now of those conditions and yeah. other conditions. And so uh, we're going to receive the bread because by his stripes we are healed. Jesus paid so that we could have healing. He paid with his suffering yeah. so that we didn't need to suffer. Yeah. So as Amen. we share the bread right now, we, we believe in you, Lord. We're putting yes. our faith in you for our healing. Yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we thank you that by your blood, yes. you obtain for us redemption, forgiveness yes. of sins, so that we might come for whatever we need boldly before the throne of grace yes. into your healing presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So if, if those words were for you or you received healing for something else, then let us know, you know, put your message on Facebook, mm -hmm. go test it out. Um, particularly, I, I, I felt that um, the, the one around the stomach, you actually needed to start moving. So start moving and then, uh, you know, just really start thanking God for that healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I we have a good father. And he wants us to be healed and well. And uh, so thank you, Father, for those words of knowledge. Yeah. Um, you receive them by faith. And uh, that, that, that's good. We look forward to testimonies. Yeah, we do. Okay, so we, we'll just take our offering now. Um, obviously, I, I have my virtual invisible offering bucket here. No, I've gone virtual now. I don't have real buckets. I have, I have, I have a virtual one. that you, you It's there. You just can't see it. Um, thank you so much to those who've, who've been giving, giving generously. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've been praying for, or two of the things that we've been praying for throughout this, is that yeah. we would pay our bills as we, yeah. as as they've come. We'd be able to honour those who are serving you, yeah. um, but also that we would come out of this financially strong for what yeah. God wants you to do next. Okay. And that's what I'm believing for yeah. now. I'm I'm looking ahead and believing that we're going to come out of this financially strong for whatever God yeah. puts on our hearts to do. Yes. And yes. so you, you know the form by now. You can, perhaps some of you, this is the first time you've watched, so maybe you don't, uh, but you can give in a variety of ways. You can go out to our website, www.faithlifechurch.org.uk. That's faithlifechurch.org.uk. Click on resources and you'll find the giving buttons. It's really easy to do. That's the way I do it. Really simple. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, if you're a, a bit more tech savvy and you love your online banking and that, that's your thing, then you can do a direct transfer to our account. The account name is Faith Life Church Cambridge. 
Faith Life Church, Cambridge. Uh, sort code 2017-22. That's 2017-22. And account number 700 930084. 700 930084. Uh, if you forgot all those, they're in the email that we send out each week. Uh, and, and, and those who don't like doing either of those, you've been sending us checks great uh, just checks payable to faith life church so father i want to thank you i want to thank you for all your blessings i want to thank you that you continue to provide we look to you as our source mm -hmm. we look to you as our provision lord and, and in trusting you we give we give generously we give wholeheartedly and we give out of love and we thank you lord amen 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 good so um, we've got the word. Got the word now, and uh, which is it's going to be awesome. The Lord is going to bless us. So you say that very enthusiastically. <laughs> <laughs> I shall be enthusiastic. I need boosting on Daddy's day. <laughs> I will be enthusiastic in my prayer for you, Excellent. which is better than my enthusiasm. It is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, thank you that um, on this day we can give you thanks for it. Uh, Father's Day, um, the day that you made for us, the Sabbath day where we come and spend time with you and each other. We give you thanks for it. We thank you that the joy that is in us is from you and that it's your joy that gives us strength for today and for tomorrow and the next day. And so, Father, I thank you that you are with us. And I thank you that you also uh, left your spoken word to us so that we can read and hear and the Holy Spirit can expand it in our hearts. And I thank you that you have anointed Mark to bring your word to us. I ask for a full anointing on him now as he, uh, for, for, thank you for all that he has done to prepare for this morning. And Father, anoint him now to bring it in a way that we can receive it. Anoint his mouth, anoint the words that come out of his mouth. And anoint uh, us and prepare our hearts as we receive your word, that it may change us today and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So open your Bibles at Revelation chapter 2. Uh, same passages we've been looking at for a few weeks now. Um, the letter that Jesus writes to the, the church at Ephesus. It's the first of those seven letters from Revelation. Uh, I'm just going to start by reading it. One of the things that I found just hugely encouraging is uh, the feedback that we've been receiving about how these things that, we've, actually, that we, we've been teaching on Sunday mornings, how they've impacted lives, how they've strengthened people, how they've challenged people. And, you know... Just the changes that are taking place in, in individuals who are hearing these messages and then putting them into practice. And, it, and it's just so encouraging. It's just so um, such a joy for Cheryl and I. Because we can't see you, we, we don't even know like if you, you're kind of watching or whether you're just like eating your breakfast or sat there with your slippers and your feet. We just don't know. But what we do know is because you've been feeding back is how much these 
uh, messages and the things we've been saying have been impacting you and have been uh, helping you grow, helping you stand strong, helping you walk in faith, but also building you, you up for something to come in the future. And so I just, I just thank the Lord for that. And, and Father, I thank you. I thank you that right now, this morning, you are changing lives. You are healing hearts. You are uh, releasing forgiveness and understanding in our hearts from that love that you have shed abroad in our hearts. We, we release forgiveness, we release understanding towards others. And I thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Amen. So Revelation chapter 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven gold candlesticks, says these things. I know your works, your labour and your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you've tested those who say they are apostles, but are not. And you've found them to be liars. You've endured and have been patient and for my name's sake have laboured and not grown weary. But I have something against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first or else I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick from its place unless you repent. And uh, we've talked uh, kind of a, a lot about the early parts of those verses in previous weeks. So I just want to start really with a, a recap of some of the, the key things that we've been seeing, that we've been learning, that God's been speaking to us. You know, um, the thing that strikes me about this, this church at Ephesus is Jesus actually has some really great things to say about it. And they were actually doing some great things. Remember, this is a really influential church. It's a notable church. It's the mega church of its day. It was doing some great things. And those things that, that it, it was involved in, those things that it had been working on, those projects that it had been bringing to fruition, it had really cost them. Uh, it says that they laboured and that, that word there is hard labour in that they've given everything to that project or that assignment. They've given everything physically, everything materially, everything financially and it had cost them till they were exhausted. You know, we, we've talked about that in previous weeks, I don't want to go over it again. But they were exhausted, they were tired. Uh, they were kind of weighed down, but Jesus said, what you've done is good. It's good. And, and it's cost you, and it's been successful. And, and Jesus says that, and yet he tells them they've left their first love. And that, you know, when he says you've left, and, and remember that the words when he says you, your first love, it means literally it's your love, the first one. The one at the beginning, that original excitement, that original passion, that head over heels, going after Jesus, that, that, that we, we've all felt at some point in our Christian world, we felt at the first, and we felt at various points through it, and he's saying, Here, here's what happened, you've left it. And, and that word to, to leave is uh, a Greek word, and it's aphiemi, and it means to neglect or ignore, or unintentionally let go of something. Here's the point, they didn't intend to end up where they did they didn't intend to end up losing that first love 
And they never ever would have thought that would happen. But they got so caught up with the project of building this mega church that they'd lost their passion, lost their love, lost their devotion. And most importantly, they'd lost their intimacy with Jesus. And they should have seen it. They should, they should have seen it, you know, that the project had replaced the power. The project had replaced that heartfelt passion that they once felt for Jesus. And that is just so tragic. I and mean, there's tragedy in this because they didn't intend that to happen, but they got so caught up in the machinery of things, the, 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 the church uh, things, the projects, that they didn't notice that their love for Jesus and their personal relationship with Jesus had moved off central stage. And these consuming projects of building the church had hardened their heart. And, and the idea that they had was that they had to get it done at all cost. But tragically, it cost them their hearts. And that is so sad. The other thing that we've discovered in, in earlier weeks is that Paul did something unique at Ephesus that he didn't do anywhere else. He stayed for an extended period, set up an apostle training school, and those trainees uh, actually were the people who planted most of the churches that are mentioned in these seven letters. And in the, in the decades following, because we're now 40 years on or so from when Paul originally started that church in Ephesus, uh, people, the, the reputation of Ephesus has gone throughout the world. And people were coming to Ephesus because they knew if they could get the endorsement of the church there, it would be good for their own ministry. If them... If they, if they could, you know, to coin a coin face, if they could make it there, they could make it anywhere. And to counteract that, and, you know, working on some of the things Paul had told them to do, the elders of the church in Ephesus had put safeguards in place so they could test the calling of these people who were coming and filter out the phonies. And, you know, Paul had told them that people were going to come, they were... They, they weren't real, some of them were preaching different gospels and, and all that sort of stuff, but they, they, they put tests in to make sure that those that they did endorse um, were, were, were real. And they were, you know, it talks about them being tested, testing or trying. Now, the idea there is that they intensely examined and questioned. And it's the same word as we use for the is used for fiery uh, removing of impurities from metal. Here's the point. Who were they testing? They were testing those who said they were apostles. That is, those who claimed or asserted or proclaimed. People who were seeking endorsement. Some of them were self-proclaiming when really the gift wasn't there. And, and some of them were doing it so they could get an endorsement so that they could come and manipulate, make money and build a ministry for themselves. And what happened is this church in Ephesus had fought this battle constantly, carried the burden of, uh, against the pressure of, of all this, these imposters, these false teachers, these false ideas, and their hearts lost sight of the most important thing. They'd lost their first love, they got offended, they lost their excitement, and they were drained of it. You see, by training themselves to search out negatives, They've forgotten to focus on and cultivate the good positive of love, joy, excitement and passion. The church was trying to get everything right, 
but Jesus said you got the most important thing wrong. And that, that's where we, we kind of got to last week. And we looked at the first remedy for that, which is that to recover that first love, recover that first excitement, recover that first ex- uh, passion, that first joy, that, uh, that, that bursting out of, of God in your life, then to recover love, you have to grow in love. If you, if you just try and maintain, it doesn't work. You know, if you just ride on how you felt five years ago, how you felt ten years ago, how you felt a year ago, that, that, that is the path by which that love just starts to wane. To actually maintain, you actually have to seek to grow. And it kind of, So it's not a passive thing. And, and today, we have the second remedy. The second remedy is this. Remember from where you were fallen. Remember where you came from remember what was happening remember how you felt remember how it looked remember the things that were going on remember what you were doing and you see this was a church that was born in a move of god and and you know many of us have actually seen or engaged or been around moves of god or when the holy spirit's turned up in our meetings in great power uh, and we've seen healings, we've seen deliverance, we've seen all sorts of stuff. And, and that's what had happened in this church in Ephesus. And that's what's happened to so many of us. And this move, this move of God that birthed the church in Ephesus was characterised by a spiritual fervency, excitement and passion. And, and their lives and their uh, thoughts and what they were, you know, what was filling their day and everything was running on the power of the Spirit, and they were studying and believing the Word, and they were seeing and experiencing some pretty dramatic things. They were experiencing salvations, they were experiencing miracles, they were experiencing unusual manifestations of God. They, they, they saw the culture change around them. They saw uh, people involved in the occult uh, radically, radically saved. But things had happened since then. Time had passed. And they had got offended. They got busy. And they drifted into other priorities. You know, things go on. Things happen in churches. Things happen in the body of Christ. And it's so easy to get offended. And when we get offended, we kind of tend to put stuff on one side. We go, we back off a bit. We we think, well, I, you know, I'll just need to deal with my, my hurt. And... And, and then we get angry inside, we get upset inside. And then we start to replace that passion and that joy and excitement we had for Jesus with other stuff. Uh, and we get busy doing other stuff and we change our priorities in life and, and we fill our life with other stuff. And, and a lot of that stuff can actually be around church, but it's become a filler. It's become something that's customary, something that's familiar. And we drift over into these other priorities. And, you know, the other thing that had happened in his church in Ephesus is that, and, and it happens in all our churches today, is people come and people go. People come and people go. And, and new people come in, and, and a new, you know, great people, fantastic people, but they've never experienced the things that the other people are talking about. And, and, and so the, we, we need to keep rekindling, restarting, reigniting, uh, really... Uh, recalling things 
and, and, and bringing to them forward again. Because it's so easy to get accustomed to a Christian environment. It's so easy just to kind of learn the language, learn the ways of church. And we start responding to that environment. We start responding to the ways of church, the formalities of church, the, the, the routine of church. And, and we start responding to those ways. And slowly we start to drift away to, from responding to the voice of God and his ways. Basically what Jesus is saying is familiarity had set in. And when familiarity sets in, it produces something in our hearts. Familiarity setting in produces apathy in our hearts. So we need to be aware of that familiarity so we don't move into apathy. Here's the thing, what, if, what, what once was precious now becomes routine. What once was the, 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 the thing that God has excited now becomes a going through the motions. And that, that is a really dangerous place for us to find ourselves. Because when you're in that place, you start, just forgive the words, but you start trafficking in the things of God without living in, believing and experiencing the things of God. And you end up doing church and your life and your Christian walk without encountering and experiencing that real relationship with Jesus. Because the fires grow dim in that environment of apathy and that environment of being accustomed to things and that environment of things having got familiar. And unless you actually do something and you fight back, you will drift into that apathy and that dulling down. And, and just this incredible wisdom contained in, in just a few words. Remember from where you have fallen. Because Jesus is saying, remember what it felt like to be on fire like that. Remember your joy. Remember the excitement. Remember the passion that you had. And, and, and just in the light of that, look where you are now. To turn that around, you need to be unrelenting in your commitment to retain, rekindle, restart that spiritual fire and to root it and ground it in growing love. And that, that's the key message that, you know, I think God's been bringing to us this year. He's been, he's been putting it on our hearts, many of us, for a long time now. And Jesus says, remember, this is how you do it. Firstly, to recover love, you've got to seek to grow in love. And secondly, you've got to remember. What's he saying there? Well, the, the, that word, remember, because of the tense that it's in, because of the way it's written in the original language, it means this. Stop everything. Stop everything. Get with Jesus. And remember the fellowship you used to enjoy with him. Stop everything. Get with Jesus and remember the fellowship you used to enjoy with him. And that, that word remember, the Greek word is meneia, M-N-E-I-A. And that Greek word means a written record to memorialise a person's life. It's kind of like, I don't know if you remember the programme, uh, This Is Your Life. 
It's kind of a this is your life sort of idea that he's talking about. It means to go back over, get out that photo album and look at the good memories. Recall what happened, recall how it felt, what resulted. Go back over the highs and snapshot them again. Look at them, ponder them, think about them. And right here, I've got a... I, I, I didn't like photos taken of me when I was young, so I haven't actually got a photo album with me in it. So I, I nicked one of Cheryl's from her, her younger days. And Cheryl gets this out regularly. Every time, I, I don't know, she, every time she's tidying, somehow this manages to be refound. And uh, he's got Cheryl's pictures in. I'm not, well, I might show you some of them. There you go. Cheryl says I can show them. But it's got pictures in by which Cheryl remembers, you know, playing for a badminton club and winning prizes for badminton. But towards the end of this, it's got lots of pictures of a, a field trip in a place called Slapton that she went on. And they, they sort of went in all these puddles and seaside pools and rock pools and things and got crabs and leeches and all sorts of wiggly, horribly things. And every time we go anywhere near Devon, you know, when you're within a hundred miles of Devon, the first thing that comes out of Cheryl's mouth is, I went on this field trip to Slapton. And then whenever we've gone to Devon, we have to go and drive to Slapton and have a look where she's been. Because she's got good memories. She remembers some really great things around that field trip. And, and she's, she's recorded them and she's got them in this photo album. And that's what Jesus is saying. When he says remember, he's saying get out your photo album of the great times we've had together. Get out your photo album and, and, and start to think about those times and let them really stir in you. Remember what it, what it is. Now, that word menea, it's kind of got a negative word as well associated with it because it actually means a sepulchre or a tomb. So it, it's... It's a, it's a memorial, it's a snapshot, it's a record of life, record of the high points of life, but it also is kind of a, something that you, you, you write at the end of your life. And Jesus, by, by using this word, he's not just saying remember, he's, he's actually saying remember what was and died and, and became lifeless. And, and he's saying go and dig it up, go and recover the life that was there. Go and find what was buried and got buried under all the clutter of your life. Come to me, stop what you're doing, come to me, turn to me and remember what's got buried. What got buried under the clutter, what got buried under the schedules, what got buried under the offence, what got buried under the forgiveness, what got buried under the anger, what got buried under the routines. Simply things that just got buried under life, got buried under the familiarity of church. And he's saying, dig it out, dig it out. Go back to that thing you should never have forgotten. Unearth those early memories, that powerful past, and memorialise it. Memorialise it in your thinking. Bring it to the fore once again. And you know, in the eyes of the church world, this church in Ephesus, it was, it was kind of the biggest, most sophisticated, most polished, structured church of its day and yet Jesus says you've forgotten you've forgotten what it was like and Jesus is saying you cannot live on a glorious past you've got to rediscover the wonder of it all because your past is never a guarantee of your future and, and 
for those you know he's saying and, and just in the light of that prophecy that Cheryl read this morning and, and spoke of us this morning if a church and individuals aren't committed to do whatever is necessary to retain our spiritual passion it's likely that we will slowly dissipate in that spiritual passion so it is kind of some questions that in, in a way God asks me and I'm kind of passing on to you. But, but the first, first thing is this. So are you in the same spiritual condition you were at the start? Are you in the same spiritual condition you were at the start? And, and by that I mean when you were born again or when you were first baptised in the Spirit or when you first led somebody to Christ or when you first saw, saw your first healing, when you saw your first miracle. You know, I've got, I've got a photo album full of these things now that I can go back to. I can remember what it was like that first miracle I saw. I can remember what it was like when I was baptised in the Spirit. I can remember leading people to Christ in the, the exam queue for my final exams. I can remember the first time... I saw blind eyes open. I remember the first time that, that I saw, saw muscles grow right in front of me. And I remember all these things. And they're my snapshots. And, and Jesus is saying, are you in the same spiritual condition you were when that happened? And, and if you're not, then, then just acknowledge it. Come to me. Stop what you're doing. Come to me. Re-engage. Get the, get the photo album out again. Let, you sit next to me. You sit next to Jesus. Go through the photo album and he's going to point you to some of the things and he's going to say, that's, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. That's, that's who you are. That's who you really are. Get rid of this clutter. Get rid of this busyness. Get rid of all these things. Get rid of that familiarity. That's where it are. Look at that photo. Look what happened there. You know, I asked that question. God asked it of me, but it's not that we haven't grown. It's not that I haven't grown. I've grown in lots of things. I've grown in knowledge. You know, since I was at university and, you know, it seems like yesterday and been very young, well, probably was only a few days ago. But I've grown in knowledge. I've grown in understanding. I know a lot more things that, that, about how, how the, the, the Bible fits together. I've seen a lot more things. Hopefully I've served well. Hopefully I've loved well. And I've given energy and time and finance. And that's all good and that's all growth and we and i'm not we shouldn't underestimate that jesus told them all the good things they'd done all the all the snapshots all the good stuff all that they'd achieved but the third thing is you know when you put it in that context and you look at all those things is it still inside you that you can hardly wait to get together as church is it still inside me that I can't wait to see God move and I'm pushing in and pressing in and crying out to see God move. Is it still inside me that I'm feeding on the word the way I used to and excited about the word I used to? Is it still in me that I'm believing the word as much as I used to? And, and that's a challenge for us, but, but the way we, we, we look at that is not to sort of say, this is terrible or I'm a long way from that. The way we look at that is to cheer ourselves up Dig that stuff out of its grave, get the photo album out, sit with Jesus and go through all the amazing things that have happened and have changed your life. It's like, it's like two people, two young people. So let's imagine me and Cheryl when we were younger last week. So let's imagine me and Cheryl, we fall in love and, and 
he's saying, you know, this church in Ephesus, guys, you'd fallen hard for Christ. It was like falling in love and love at first sight for Christ. You wanted to be with him. You want to live for him. You wanted, he was on your mind all day. And I remember like, you know, when Cheryl and I set out um, all those years ago, 40 years, nearly 40 years ago, uh, on, on our first day, you know, I, I couldn't stop thinking about Cheryl for, and, and don't tell her that. But all these things were going through, do tell her that, all these things were going through my mind and, and she was the centre of my attention. But, you know, if we don't keep remembering, if we don't celebrate the good things, if we don't celebrate the good times, we remember the good things, then it's very easy to let that just drift and wane and dampen down. Because life is cluttered, life is busy, life pushes you to change your priorities. And life sometimes tries to get you to hold on to past issues. Life just, in Christian life, sometimes tries to get you to just do church. And it's like dirt accumulates on this grave and it's covered it up. And Jesus is saying, dig it all out, get rid of that stuff, get rid of it, stop what you're doing, get with Jesus and let's get the photo album out. So that's remedy number two. Put everything on pause, go back to the beginning and remember. Uncover that which has become buried. Remember what it was like. Remember what it felt like. Remember what happened. How you were changed. The work that God did in you and the work that God did through you. And remember the wonder of it all. Get that photo album out. Get out the good memories. And believe God to walk you again into that same wonder. Believe God to walk you again into that same wonder. Believe him. He can do it. He knows what he's doing. He's the master counsellor. He's the master mentor. He's the master lover. He, he's the king of kings. He, he, he's, he knows all things about you. He knows the depths of everything about you. And he's factored it all in. And he knows how you to lead you back to the wonder of it all. And Jesus is saying, go back. Remember, 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 remember. Clear the clutter. Get with me. Spend time with me. And I'll lead you back. I'll lead you back to that first love, that first excitement, when you were hard and fall, fell hard in love with me, when you fell hard in love with Christ, and I'll, I'll, I'll lead you back to that place. So I'm, I'm just encouraging you this morning to stop everything, get with Jesus, and open that photo album. You know... There may be some people who are listening to this and you're thinking, well, I've never, ever been in that place. I've, I've, never, uh, I've never actually had that relationship with Jesus. I, I don't know what it means. And I don't even know who would care for me because my, my life's been a mess. Or, and, you know, I, 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 I've got, not got that relationship you're talking about, Mark. Well, if that's you, I want to pray for you right now and I want you to follow me in that prayer because you can have that relationship. You can have that relationship. You can turn that mess around in your life. You can get free of all the stuff that, that, that's too heavy for you to bear and all that, that, that stuff that's holding you back and that, that sin that's going on in your life. And you can get free of it. 
You can find salvation in Christ. So Father, just say this prayer with me. Father, I come to you now. I confess my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. But more than forgiveness, Lord, I ask you to give me new life. I ask you to become the Lord of my life. My King. My first love. And I ask you to give me your spirit so that I may be born again into your family. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, we want to hear from you. You can message us on Facebook or you can email us at office at faithlifechurch.org.uk. That's office at faithlifechurch.org.uk. And, you know, we, we'll get some stuff to you. We'll, we'll help you take the next steps on your journey. And we, we're just so excited that God has, has, has done that and met with you this morning. But we don't want to just leave it that. We don't want to leave it that first love. We want you to grow in love. We want you to, to, to really enter into everything that Christ has made available to you. And so just get in touch with us. And, and, and we're going to help you. We'll be there for you. We'll pray for you. We'll get you some resource. And, 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 we, and we'll communicate with you. So, Father, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for all that you've been showing us, all that you've said to us, all you've spoken to us. And we trust in you, Lord, to do some immense, huge miracles in people's lives of healing, of deliverance, of freedom. But we're also trusting you, Lord, to bring many, many souls into this kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Mark. That's um, really good just to ponder on, to ask the Holy Spirit uh, where it is that we may have laid aside that first love, how to get that back again. Uh, one of the things that I do actually is journal. It's like a, the photo album um, where you you write uh, what God's saying to you, and that can be really helpful, particularly if there's a heading of during a time that you were going through. This is what God said to me, and then uh, when you look back and you see His words, you know, from years ago, sometimes um, how He ministered His word to you, and it's just like. Yes, I remember that. And so uh, going forward, start journaling. Spend time with uh, Jesus in his presence. Write down what he's saying. Be in the word. Read the word. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through the word? Um, we need, as Mark was saying last night, last week actually, we cannot just amble along not doing anything. You know, if Mark didn't do anything or I didn't do anything in our marriage, and we just lived together, didn't speak together, didn't do anything together, didn't write anything to each other, you know, all of the things that you do to, to keep relationships uh, working, you know, friendships working, all of those things. If we do nothing, then it won't be good. So there are things that we need to do as Mark's been teaching us, and it's like, Father, help me to know, for me, what are the right things to do to keep my passion alive, 
to reignite that passion or to find that passion for the first time. It is so important because life with him is exciting. It sh we should be excited as we walk each day with him. So uh, journal and then look back, uh, which is really helpful. Um, if you didn't come on at the beginning, go and watch the beginning. You'll get the prophecy that um, I brought, which is so good and I think is a now word for us uh, in season. Um, there's coffee after church on uh, Faith uh, WhatsApp family, uh, Faith Life WhatsApp family. Join us for coffee. Um, enjoy your day, dads and kids. Enjoy your day today. And remember, there's worship at 5.30 with Mike and Flick. And then after Mike and Flick with Susie and Paul, uh, Mike and Flick's at 5.30, then on with Susie and Paul, which is at 6.45. Uh, catch up with each other in the week. Now we can meet in gardens, um, up to six people, uh, safely distanced. Get together, spend time together. It's really important at this time to connect. Connect with us in all that we're doing during the week, prayer time, worship time, teaching time. Uh, so I'm just going to pray over us now, Faith Life family, um, and then we can go and enjoy the rest of our day. Mark's got a little bit of music. Yeah, well, I'm loving the music that we have at the end of the service, where we can just take a moment and let these songs just wash over us. So I'm enjoying those as I sit down and, and uh, listen. So, uh, Father, I thank you that in this way we can come together this morning and just spend time together. Help us uh, during the week to connect with each other, to connect with you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to keep our passion alive. If we feel that those uh, embers have died down, Holy Spirit, you can reignite them as we come before you and we just say, Holy Spirit, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Help me to uh, be passionate for you. Help me to daily walk with you, to put you at the forefront of all that I do, to uh, walk in the spirit, not in my flesh. We need help. And I'm asking for each one of us, Holy Spirit, that you will fill us afresh with your presence, that, that we will be uh, anointed by you, uh, little Christians walking with you, in the rest of our week. So I pray blessing on us all now, um, Father's blessing on us, may his face shine on us as we go into this week and be with us forevermore. Amen. Amen. Uh, so Faith Life family, we love you. Um, we're here for you, whatever you need. Uh, pray for us too. We are praying for you. Have a great week connect and we will see you here next week if not before.